Welcome to the Rena Malik MD podcast. We're joined here with Rena Malik MD. Um, this is the February AMA. Um, thank you for always providing us with great questions and ideas. Um, if you guys have any questions, please leave it in the YouTube comments. We do read the YouTube comments. We do look for feedback, great questions. Uh, we do check the social media. We do try to weed out the questions that come up often enough or anything that we find interesting that you guys want to talk about. So let's get into the first question. Okay. Also, did you want to introduce yourself? I am mystery person number one. Let's call myself mystery <laughs> person number one. All right. Ready? Yeah. I was having sex with a girl once and she was on top facing away from me. And I had never done anyone in this position before. So I'm trying to picture the position. Okay. I don't know if it's because my penis was bent in a way that I'm not used to. But when I came, nothing really came out. Weirded me out because when I peed later, it looked like I had some cum coming out of me. I never went back to that position. But I don't know if I did something I wasn't supposed to do. This is from Devon from Guyana. And we love it when you guys make reference to where you're from. We love hearing where you guys are living and where you guys are sending us questions for. I try not to put anyone's username out there. So Devon wants to know what happened when he was in this position with this girl. What happened here? Devon, this is a really interesting question. One, because when you came, you noticed that you didn't have an ejaculate. Now, not everyone does notice that when this happens. And this is actually quite common. And what you're describing is called retrograde ejaculation. Now, if you put enough pressure on the perineum, which is the area between the anus and the scrotum or what we call the taint, right? People can, you can actually force the ejaculate to not come out. And some people use this technique to do things like semen retention, but they're not actually stopping themselves from ejaculating. They're just getting retrograde ejaculation. And what that means is instead of the ejaculate going out forward through the hole of the, the urethra, they're actually having it go into the bladder. And so what does this mean and why does this happen? So it could be that you were in a certain position where that was getting pressed and this happened, or it could be that you have actually developed retrograde ejaculation. Now, why does this happen? So the number one and two causes of this, one is having some sort of prostate medication or prostate surgery that will affect the bladder neck. And the reason is because the way ejaculation works is the opening to the bladder closes when you ejaculate so that the ejaculate has to go out the way that it needs to go out, which is through the urethra to be able to have children, right? And and fertilize an egg and all the things that you know you need to do. So when that bladder neck gets relaxed, either through medication or gets affected through prostate surgery, like having a, a transurethral resection of the prostate or prost- um, laser prostatectomy for having an enlarged prostate and having symptoms, then you can affect the ability of the bladder neck to close and then you can have retrograde ejaculation. Now, the other very common cause of this is diabetes. And guys, there are so many diabetics out there and this can happen when you have really bad diabetes and it can be very stressful because you have no idea why it's happening. And, um, and of course it's something that you're very used to, and it becomes a real problem when you're trying to get 
someone pregnant. Now, if you're not trying to get someone pregnant, I understand that it can be very devastating and very stressful to not have ejaculate come out, but it is not necessary in terms of uh, physiology, right? If you're not trying to get someone pregnant, it's not mandatory. But if you are trying to get someone pregnant, you can then go to an infertility specialist and they can help you change the pH of your urine so that you can save that ejaculate, that urine, and then they can get the ejaculate or the, actually the, the sperm from the urine and use it for insemination. Um, so I hope that answers the question well. I've made a video about retrograde ejaculation before because it was in an episode of Sex in the City or the, the new reboot of Sex and the City. I think it's something called And Just Like That where one of the characters had retrograde ejaculation and then they did Kegel exercises to bring it back, which is not going to help unless it's actually just low volume ejaculate, in which case Kegel exercises may help because those are the muscles around the urethra that then can strengthen to help force out more ejaculate volume, and these muscles tend to get weak with age. So if it's true retrograde ejaculation, Kegels are not going to help. But if it's low volume, then it can help. Like it. Retrograde ejaculation, something to Google. I'm sure you have some videos out there about this. Um, I should mention also, um, when you guys are looking to submit questions, join us on our membership at uh, Supercast. Um, you can go to arenamalikmd.com and look for the subscription or just type it in your Google. And uh, we do take those questions a lot more often um, from our own members. So consider becoming a member. Num question number two. I don't know why it hurts me to have sex with men. I've had this problem forever and have always needed lube, which makes it hard to have impromptu sex with my boyfriend because if I don't carry lube on me, then we can't have it without me feeling pain. I don't know what's going on with me. I don't get wet enough, but is there something that will make me wet naturally to be able to avoid this problem? Some of the best moments in life are spontaneous, unplanned, but for men dealing with moderate to severe erectile dysfunction or ED, preparing for intimacy can rob you and your partner of spontaneity. The joy of living in the moment. Now you can restore that spark in your relationship with the AMS 700 implant, a clinically proven permanent solution designed for your satisfaction and your partner's. It's the number one physician-preferred implant. It's built to look and feel natural. Happy partners agree. 92% of patients and 96% of their partners report sexual activity with the implant excellent or satisfactory. It gives you the ability to respond to your partner's wishes in the moment, not minutes or hours later. The AMS 700. No pills, no injections, no waiting. For more information, visit edcure.org slash podcast. That's E-D-C-U-R-E dot O-R-G slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Sponsored by Boston Scientific. This is from Paulette from Tacoma. Okay. Paulette. So when you started the question, I thought it was maybe um, Could anal be male. sex. Yeah, but, yeah. But it sounds um, like it's a female. But we'll talk about both vaginal penetration and anal penetration just to be thorough. Sure. Um, so in terms of reasons for lubrication. So a lot of people, the biggest myth I see is that people assume the wetter you are, the more aroused you are, and the drier you are, the less aroused you are. Now that's not always true. 
So one, there's genetic reasons that lubrication can decrease. There are um, certain medications that can cause decreased lubrication, even hydration, how much you're drinking can decrease your lubrication. And certainly as women age and go through perimenopause and menopause, their lubrication will decrease. And that's sort of a part of the physiology that changes over time. So what can you do in terms of vaginal penetration? So for vaginal penetration, in terms of natural things, I mean, the biggest thing is just drinking more fluids. The more fluids you drink, the more likely you are to make more lubrication. Also assess what medications you are on because some of them can affect lubrication. So it can include things like antidepressants, oral contraceptives, and even antipsychotic or anti um, other medications for uh, that used are used for psychology. And so any of those medications uh, and maybe others that you're on could affect sexual function, including arousal. And if you're not getting as aroused, sometimes that can affect lubrication or they can affect lubrication directly. And so that's one thing is just very easy to do. Very natural, of course, is to check what you're on. Even supplements may have some um, medications in them or th components of them that can cause this. So always assess what you are taking that might be causing changes in lubrication. Now, other things you can do is you can use a vaginal moisturizer. These are usually made with hyaluronic acid and they can um, essentially, just like people put hyaluronic acid on their face, they're making more moisture in that area. And so usually they're suppositories you put in the vagina, usually once a day or every three days, depending on which one you buy. And these can help, you know, replenish moisture in the area. The other thing is if you are going through menopause, you may notice the tissues are changing. They're getting a little thinner. You're getting a little less lubrication. Maybe it's a little more uncomfortable when you have sex. And so that's because during menopause and perimenopause, your estrogen levels go down. And when your estrogen level goes down, it actually changes the collagen content and the structure of those tissues to make them thinner and less robust and also make less lubrication. So it's very easy to replenish this with vaginal estrogen. And I made a whole podcast episode about vaginal estrogen. It is very, very safe. There's never been a reported breast cancer, ovarian cancer, um, uterine cancer, as long as you're using it with actually none with uterine cancer, nothing like that. No strokes, no blood clots with the vaginal formulation of estrogen because so little of it is absorbed into the body. Now, if you have contraindications, there's other things you can try like intra-rosa, which is a prosterone, um, which is sort of DHEA vaginally that can help. And of course, using lubricant. Now, I know people are like, I, I don't want to use lube, but I ask you why not? Because lubricant is fun. It's slippery. It makes things more fun. Uh, there's water-based lubricants, which you can find with very little amount of things in them. It can be very sort of minimal ingredients. And they're usually, there's like sensitive formulations. There's ones that are good for if you're trying to have children for fertility. So there's different kinds of lubricants you can get. Um, water-based, like I said, you want to make sure that their osmolality is similar to vaginal pH because some of them will have pHs that are specific for anal sex. And so when you're looking for anal sex lubricants, you want to look for ones that are specific for anal sex because the pH of the vagina is around four and the pH of the anus is around six. And so you sort of want to get specialized lubricants for those things. You can also look at silicone lubricants because vaginal, I mean, sorry, the water-based lubricants will evaporate quickly. And so you need to reapply them, which 
may not be desirable in some circumstances. So silicone-based and oil-based lubricants last a little longer. The things you need to be thoughtful of is silicone-based lubricants. You don't want to use them with silicone-based sex toys. And oil-based lubricants, you don't want to use them with condoms because they can make condoms break. Um, and again, they're, they last a little longer. Oil-based can sometimes stain sheets. But ultimately, experiment with them. Get some samples. Reach out to companies. They'll mail you samples. Try out their products. See what you like. And that's a simple, easy fix that can make sex way more fun, way more comfortable for the large majority of people. pH of the vagina and the anus. I'm learning some new stuff. Did not know this. <laughs> learning some new stuff every day. Let's hit it off with question number three. Tadalafil. My doc recommended this to me. What does it do? And would you say it's better than the other erectile meds? This is coming from Carmine, Carmine out there. All right, Carmine. So this is a great question that I honestly, I get every single day. Um, and I will tell you that there are some very distinct differences between Tadalafil and Sildenafil. And I always talk about these two medications because they are the most affordable options. You can get coupons. Many of the insurances cover them. And so these are usually the cheapest options. And so for Tadalafil and Sildenafil, which are the two most common, they work a little bit differently. And I will tell you that I think they are both quite good medications and some work better for some people and some work better for others. In terms of Tadalafil, there are some reasons I tend to like it a little bit better than Sildenafil if it works well for you. And that is because one, it's longer lasting. It has a half-life that is longer of about 30, it can last for about 36 hours. So you'll see the effect of Tadalafil. If you take it on a Friday, you can still see the effect on a Sunday. So that allows you to sort of take it less often and allows for a little more spontaneity. Say you're having a special weekend away, you just take it once and then, you know, you sort of, you're set. Also, you don't have to take it on an empty stomach. So sildenafil, you have to take on an empty stomach, which means that you can't have a big dinner before, you can't you know, eat a big meal. And if you do, the medication's not gonna work very well and you still may get side effects with it. So generally speaking, for those two reasons, I tend to like Tadalafil a little bit better. I also like Tadalafil because you can take it daily, five milligrams every single day. And one, that takes off the stress of like having to take a medication right before sex and remembering to take it and like, oh, what if the opportunity presents itself and you're not ready? And, um, and so that takes that stress away. And two, it's sort of always giving blood flow to the body. Now you asked how these medications work. So when you think of erections, the way they happen is nitric oxide is the ignition for erections. Your body makes nitric oxide from the blood vessels and the nerves in response to any sort of stimulation. So it could be you see something, you hear something, you feel something um, that makes you feel desire or aroused. And then your body releases nitric oxide. It then releases through a number of pathways, releases CAMP. And that's what sustains the erection. Now it's broken down by a compound called phosphodiesterase 5. And so these medications inhibit phosphodiesterase 5, and so they allow you to sustain your erection for longer. And that's how they work. 
In terms of um, other options, there are other options that are available out there. They've all been shown to be about equally effective. So they're all about 60 to 70% effective in all comers. There are some that are sublingual options that may work a little bit faster. Like I said, most of these medications have to be taken an hour before sex, but these sublingual preparations, you may be able to see a faster, um, a faster effect with them. But again, sometimes, you know, one medication will work well for you and another won't. And also we see that when you start these medications, usually you'll see that people will get better results as they take it more and more. So the first time it may not work. Usually the second, third, fourth, they'll see better, better, better improvement. And then they'll sort of get to their level of what it's going to be like. It's because there's a lot of stress and anxiety when you start something new, which can then hamper your ability to get an erection. Thank you guys so much for joining us for today's AMA. If you want to hear the rest of the questions from our members, join our exclusive membership at renamalik.supercast.com where you can be an exclusive member. You will have early access to all of our YouTube podcasts, video and audio ad-free, and you will get the opportunity to ask me anything and your questions will be prioritized for all of these episodes in the AMA and you will get the full AMA episode. So check it out. And as always, remember to take care of yourself because you're worth it.